The autumn wind is a pirate. Welcome, Raider Nation, to the Raider Nation podcast. And I am your host, Raider Greg. And it's Halloween. Trick or treat for the Steelers. <laughs> no treat, partner. Just a trick. Terrell Pryor, that is. That and more here on show 390. Well, Raider fans, before I get into this show, yes, Rolando McClown shows up in the news stating that he was ready to kill someone. I don't know why a 24-year-old who retired from the NFL would find a reason to kill anyone after becoming a millionaire and being in the NFL, a dream sought by, well, thousands of young athletes. Most fans of this sport will never have an opportunity to acquire such wealth, fame, and actually get an opportunity to play in front of friends and family and to really make your mark uh, in this sport. All I know is I'm glad he's gone. Good luck, good riddance, and I hope we don't hear, well, any more from Rolando McClown. All right, Raider Nation, on today's show, we will have the post game for the Steelers. Wow, what a contest! What a game. Man, I was holding on to my heart that whole fourth quarter. Yes, I know you were too. Also, we're going to have a pregame for the Philadelphia Eagles. Kaka! Kaka! Whatever. Yes, their up temple offense is something to be reckoned with. Well, that was the words before the season. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be, and, well, I really don't care. That and the bone line, which is blowing up after that contest we had at home. What a game. All right, let's roll out. Just a friendly reminder, it's Halloween. Watch out for the little kitties crossing the street. Pay attention. Be good humans, Raider Nation. And, you know, you got to love those parties with the scantily clad witches and pirates. And, well, you know what I'm talking about there, folks. Have a great time. Be real. Real safe, that is. It's time to hit it. That is the post game for the Schittsburgh Steelers. They came to town. They thought they were going to win. Well, didn't turn out that way now, did it? It is Halloween week. It's the Black Hole. It's these two story franchises. As Taiwan Jones back deep to return. We are underway in Oakland. There are a lot of things said about this contest by the mainstream media about the Raiders losing 10 consecutive years of post-bi-week games. Yes, they hammered that down home. There also was the Pittsburgh Steelers almost guarantee that they were going to come to Oakland and slap one on us. You know they were ready. They were pumped. You could tell 
But the contest didn't quite go that way, now did it? I must say that the Pittsburgh Steeler fan travels very well. They were well represented there at the Coliseum. There were many of those terrible towels in the house. And, of course, the quote was, you're going to need them towels to wipe my ass with after this game. Most people said they're going to wipe their tears. There was a lot of great comments to the Steeler fan. You know, it's funny that they show up in such large numbers when our own AFC rivals, the Bronco Hoes, the Boltless Nutless, Chargeless Chargers, and the Kansas City Chiefs never come to the game. I mean, there might be 10 of them in the parking lot. It's amazing that the Steelers and also the Eagles and several other team fan bases find no problem coming to Oakland. Well, that just tells you a little bit about the fan bases of our rivals. Yeah. The only good thing about having so many Steeler fans there was seeing so many Steeler fans leaving the Coliseum with their towels wrapped around their head. What a game. What an epic performance. First play of the game, Terrell Pryor finds a crease. Shit, it was a mile open and blows out for a 93-yard NFL record quarterback run to the end zone. Absolutely lit the place on fire, and the crowd roared from then on. It's Pryor. Ladder real estate to the 30. Pryor is up and running. Inside Steelers territory, 20-10, and Pryor is in. 93 yards, and the Raiders storm it out of the game. No one accounted for Terrell Pryor, and once he gets in the open field, no one's going to bring him down from behind. And how about that start for the 24-year-old quarterback? What a play. What a play. You could see Mike Tomlin shaking his head, and the entire Steelers team was deflated from the get-go. What a way to start a game. I just cannot even believe it. You know, on a side note, i got to say, in the past 10 seasons, 11 seasons, the Raiders have been marking record lows. And I was getting sick and tired of seeing these lows. And the mainstream was loving standing on the Raiders' neck and touting such terrible negatives that we had gone through in the last 10 seasons. It is refreshing to this fan seeing these type of things happen. The Raiders seem like they're energized and the media ain't talking no more crap about our team. Not that it matters much to me, but it's nice to hear. It's nice to see that we make one of the top 10 plays of the week again, which is wonderful. And it just shows the magic that is the Raiders and what the turnaround is doing for this organization. After coming up 21 to 3, it looked like we were going to route this team in a brutal way, and I was loving it. However, the offense seems to me they sat on the lead and just totally stressed everybody out to the last play of the game. Now, the defense, listen, man, we got 10 new players on this defense. We don't have Richard Seymour. We don't have Tommy Kelly. We have Michael Huff, all these names that 
were associated with the Raiders for so long. Let's ask Rich Gannon because we saw him earlier today on CBSSports.com talking about it. Our MVP, Rich, thank you for coming on once again as you do every single Tuesday at 5.05. Hey, guys. How are you? I'm doing great. And so when you look at what you saw on Sunday and you consider what this team has done this year, Raiders defense or Terrell Pryor, which has been the more surprising for you? Wow. I don't want to take the easy out, but I've really been impressed with both. I'm going to say the defense, guys, because they were awful last year. I mean, they, they, they were lethargic. They didn't, they didn't play the run well. They had all kinds of issues on the back end. I give Dennis Allen and Jason Tarver, and by the way, I love Jason Tarver's competitiveness <laughs> and his intensity. I mean, he reminds me Are you me referencing the, the double bird? Yeah, I am referencing <laughs> the double bird. You know what? I love this guy because, you know, he's, he's an old-school Raider. I mean, this guy loves competing, and he reminds a lot of John Gruden. I mean, this guy will, will, will you know, he'll, he'll rip, your, he'll rip your, your head off. I mean, I, I just... And I think the players respond to that. I mean, I think he's a highly intelligent coach, and he's a wonderful teacher, great communicator. I just look at how they've improved. They are so much better in two areas. At linebacker, when you look at the, 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 the talent that they have there now as opposed to a year ago, and you look at the secondary with the two corners and how well they're playing, of course, with the addition of Charles Woodson, they're not giving up explosive plays. They're not playing, you know, they're not playing dumb football. They're playing, you know, making good decisions. And the run defense is much better. And I'll tell you, they've gotten my attention clearly on defense. You can find Rich Gannon every Tuesday right here, Buker and Townie, 95.7 the game at 5.05. You ever throw the bird out there to anybody on the football field, Rich? I don't know that I've, I've been, I don't know that I've been, uh, I've done that, but I've, I've probably crossed the line in other areas, guys. But, you know, it's an emotional <laughs> game. And, and uh, I, I thought that, you know, listen, you, you hate to have him, you know, you hate to see that. And, of course, probably cost him a few dollars in his, out of his pocketbook. But, you know what, I think that this is a guy that, you know, he said, I talked to him on Friday. He said, look, we, we went from being a bad defense to a good defense. And now we want to become, we want to go from being a good defense to a great defense. I think they're well on their way. I mean, and, and they're doing it with nine, ten new starters. I mean, that just doesn't happen in this league. It's not like they're, they're loaded over there with, you know, six or seven first round picks. I mean, they've had to go off the street and pick up some of these guys, some cast offs, some guys that, that, you know, weren't wanted in other places. And, they, and they've been able to come together and gel and, and form a group that has been very competitive. These young players are playing their ass off on the defense. It is really coming together, and the team's D is on fire, and it's noticed throughout the league, mainly here in Raidertown. You know, I can see that this defense is starting to form like the defenses of old of the Raiders. It won't take very long or very much a few pieces for us to be that dominant, very scary, and just insanely bad-ass defense of the Raiders of old. It's nice to see. They're consistent. They play 60 minutes. They don't use the excuse of being on the field too long because they play with heart, with passion, and you can see the commitment. It's crazy. The defense of this team is on fire. It's consistent. And Jason Tarber, God bless his middle finger. Shit, the NFL find him for flipping off the refs on some bad shit penalty that was called on us. 
And you know what? I'll take that way over Rob Ryan's hair any day of the week. That would be a quote from Sean of the Raider take, of course. As in the last few contests, the offense just was on fire the first quarter and then slowly started to sputter, and in the second half, they were non-existent. Welcome back, Marcel. And what's going on with your football team? Because you're up 21-3 to at halftime, and you barely hang out and beat them 21-18 to on Sunday. You know, the main thing is that we won the game. But uh, as an offense, we got to get together and figure out what's going on. If I knew the answer, I'd fix it right away. But uh, I think it's just about execution right now. I think it's about continuing to execute, never getting complacent, and uh, keeping our foot on, on people and, and finishing them. Yeah, Coach talked about the lack of a killer instinct. Does the, the play calling change at all? Because you've had some good leads. Maybe you're trying to milk the clock a little bit, avoid right. the turnovers. The play calling, in your opinion, change first half to second you know, half? I've been getting that question a lot, but it's, it's not the play calling. You know, that, that was the old Raider excuse. You know, now with, with Ole, the play calling is right on point. We, we stay aggressive as far as the play calling goes. Uh, I think it's just between the, between the lines, it's all about players and us executing. Yeah, you know, sure. it, it, falls on, it falls on our shoulders. Now, you know, I've looked at this many times, and I can see that we have a lot of places we can grow. Thank goodness for Wisniewski coming back. It was evident the difference it makes having that guy on the line, shoring things up, making the right calls. What a difference in the offensive line. That is for sure. Although the defense continued to play strong, and thank goodness, with one blocked field goal and a and a, a, a near block two field goals. The Steelers were in the game all the way to the last second. And the offense just was like, it was conservative. It was very conservative. I'm not digging that. I don't like it. And it's happened a couple of the games. And I'm just wondering, why do we sit on a lead? Why doesn't Greg Olson change it up in the second half, find some plays that we can do something different, mix it up, and continue to move the ball. Because Dick LeBeau changed his defense in the second half. You could totally see it. But we did not change our offense. And I just don't understand that whole mentality of run, run, run. We're uh, trying to run a timeout. We're up pretty good. Defense is stopping them. So I understand exactly the strategy of uh, Coach Olsen and uh, Coach Dennis Allen. I saw 56 bite, and I was like, geez, you know, there's a lot of looks. Coach Olsen's very good. Him and Coach is very good at uh, designing new different formations and different plays, you know, scripted for me and, me and Darren in the backfield. So, uh, you know, the guy bit down that I was reading, and uh, I came out. Rod made a phenomenal block, and it was off to the races. I was very surprised because it's never open like that. I was very surprised, but... You know, with the game plan and stuff that coach, you know, the strategics, uh, the way they put things together, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, sometimes it may happen like that. Uh, that's a very fast start. I mean, put up 21 and then, you know, uh, we, we just got to keep on punching, you know. We got to find a way to keep on punching and uh, keep getting, getting drives alive in the second half. And uh, I'm very proud of the offense, offensive line, uh, Darren. Marcel guys, you know, outside guys blocking of, uh, you know, we had the run game going very good, and I understand, you know, it was really, we really didn't have to throw the ball in the beginning at all. It's tough, you know, we're up 21, and our defense is playing great, you know, so we have Darren, one of the best backs, I believe, in the NFL, and, uh, you know, we just got to 
you know, our coach, we thought we could run the timeout, you know, and, uh, and it didn't, you know, it didn't work, you know, the, the way we thought, but uh, we didn't, we, we wasn't staying on the field and then getting in third down and long, and it's very tough to throw the ball third and long, you know, they're, they, I think, I believe they're number one in the NFL in third and long, so it's hard to run first or second and, you know, and do that, you know, and throw on third, but uh, I think we had strategically, you know, the de- uh, coaches thought, you know, hey, if we run the ball and, you know, pick up some first downs and keep the clock running, and uh, I thought, I think, I believe that's what the strategy was. So, you know, at the end of the day, we won. Although McFadden had a few good runs. I mean, our run game picked up a little bit, which is fine. But we must continue to score points. We cannot sit on 21 points, a 21-point lead at one point, and let it dwindle down and almost lose the game. Listen, they were two field goals they missed. They could have beat us at home that easy. Some of the things I see that we have some trouble with is our wide receivers, again, they have chiffon fingers. I mean, they got butter fingers. Bryce Butler dropped two crucial passes. You know, come on, man. This guy's not going to be on the team next year, and neither is Jacoby Ford. Both those guys are showing no drive, no ability to hold on to the football. Thank goodness for Damaris Moore and Rod Streeter. Now, people are saying, why don't we use our tight ends more, like Marcel Reese? We can use him more, and I agree with that. But if you look at the game, our tight ends and Reese, they're blocking like fiends. They have to block to keep the defense off our quarterback. That's the problem we have with our offensive line. It looks like our line's doing okay. Trust me, without the blocks of of Reese... And our tight ends, Terrell Pryor would have no time at all. That's the, that's the give and take of this offense. We're giving up on the tight ends because we have to use them in a blocking way. Uh, I mean, serious blocking. They can't chip block and move out because our quarterback could just be smashed. We don't have an offensive line still. I mean, the fact that we've been able to smoke and mirror this whole thing together with our players is wonderful. And it's testament to the coaching staff and the ability for them to protect our quarterback, and that's great. But what we need are receivers to catch the frickin' football. I, for one, am tired of it. And you can listen to the coach in his statements here in the postgame about the wide receiver position. He's not saying he's going to go get him, but he's saying it's a position that needs some, some attention and if I were a player like Ford and Bryce Butler, you better watch out because you know what we're going for in the draft next year, some good drafts, or we're going to find some receivers that are free in the open market, and these two guys are going to be out of a job. So they better find their hands, and I mean like right now, if they want to stay on this damn team. Special teams did a great job. We had a couple opportunities with some good runbacks, but they were called back. Jacoby miffed, miffed a punt. I mean, you know, and, and also that punt that ended up on the one-yard line. Come on, man. I mean, he can't read all those. It's hard for a player to see that. However, that was a bad call on special teams. Overall, though, I think our special teams, our kicker, Marquette King's doing a great job. He had a real boot here on a 60-yard-plus uh, boot in this game. I think he'll just continue to improve. Our cover team is doing a great job. 
Uh, I, I'm liking the way our whole team is coming together. I like the way this team looks. I think we have nothing but good things in the future. This game was one game that I'll tell you, man, the last second. Now, people stayed to the last second. You had to because the Steelers continued to try to put them points on the board, and they weren't giving up, man. They're not a team that lays down, and uh, they didn't lay down to the very last second of this game. Good job for the Raiders. We came right at the victory, 21-18. I'm liking what our defense is doing. I think our defense is on the way. Just a few pieces. We're going to be beasts. And then our wide receiver core, man, we got to look at that and our offensive line. I mean, you can see how we can make some great progress next year. I am digging the way this is. We are now 3-4. and four. We got an opportunity to be 500 coming up. Who would have thought in training camp that we would have been in this position without the advent of our new quarterback, Terrell Pryor? I see progress with Terrell Pryor. I really do. I think he's got to be a little bit more disciplined with his eyes and with his footwork at times. But, you know, he's a talented player. And quite frankly, he's... He's a he's he's the guy. You know, I sat down with Dick LeBeau, the Pittsburgh defensive coordinator, on Saturday night, and I asked, you know, where does it start? You know, you know, McFadden, the running game. Well, you know, look, let's not kid ourselves. It it, it it starts and ends with Terrell Pryor, leading rusher, leading passer. I mean, he's doing it all right now for this Raiders offense. Imagine if we would have had Flynn this whole time, we would have been over over everything. There is one huge positive that I didn't mention yet, and I'm going to say it right now. There were no injuries in this game. This game was a street brawl, to say the least, and we came out coming pretty good. We didn't have the injuries. I was surprised. I thought we'd have some people go down, but no. You know, another testament to the staff. They're keeping these guys healthy, and that was amazing in this game. I am truly happy that we had no injuries off this contest because it was very physical, to say the least. On that same note, Miles Burris, the beast linebacker from last season with some knee issues, looks like he's returning to practice. I'm loving that. This is a good kid. He played real well last year, as you know. Menlik Watson's on his way back, too. He'll be practicing this week. So, look, we got some positives coming. Valdir went to L.A. to see his doctor to possibly be coming back into the mix. Maybe some light practice, maybe some light workouts. Listen, man, things are starting to look good. They're picking up at the right time. If we make a couple of wins here, I mean, I may sound like a freak. Don't, I don't know. Who knows? But playoffs? Playoffs? You talking playoffs? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? All right, well, let's take it a step after this game, low because, you know, the, the Raiders are actually only one game out of the wild card chase. Is it crazy to talk about this team possibly making the playoffs? No, it's not crazy to talk about them because of the fact there's so much parity in the National Football League. When I take a look at the Denver, who's 7-1, and one, here's what's going to get Denver. Just like last year, the inability to score on third and one, the conversion on third and short, you saw it last year in the playoffs against 
Baltimore. They had a consistency on third and one several times. That's the game. That's what cost them. It wasn't the Hail Mary. It was the inconsistency on third and short. And if you look at Kansas City, they're a team that hasn't scored a lot of points, but they're playing real good football. So the Raiders and San Diego, these are two teams that are vying for a playoff spot, and it possibly can happen. they got a tough road ahead of them, but if you look at their schedule, it's pretty lucrative for them. When you look at their schedule, they got teams like the Tennessee Titans, which they can beat. You look at their plan, Philadelphia. They have the Giants. The Raiders have a favorable schedule that they could sneak their head up and be a wild card team. Could you be saying it? Who would have thunk it? Who would have thought it? The Raiders in the playoffs? The Raiders. <laughs> we, yeah, we were certainly not talking about that uh, during the preseason, Low. You just don't know. A wild card could land right in our ass. And wouldn't that be something to the mainstream sports media? They never saw it coming. I love it. And that is all I have to say about that. Well, the Philadelphia Eagles are flying into Oakland. Caca, caca. And like a good buddy of mine who hunts always says, if it flies, it dies. I love it. Welcome to the black hole. 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 Prepare to get your hair swole. Everybody on their feet with no crowd control. All you see is black and silver when you look around. The Eagles come into Oakland wanting this win very badly. They're one game behind of Dallas in the division for the lead. Now the Eagles, to me, seem to be like the Raiders of last season. They have a very young team. They're making some moves. And they don't have a solid number one quarterback. Sound familiar? LaShawn McCoy is a great running back and actually holds the most yards in the league this year. He's a shifty character. He's small, and he's quick, and if he gets outside, you better watch out. His best playing, though, is with Michael Vick. So the tandem using that pistol offense really ripped on the league for the first few games of the season with their defense being a little bit weak, to say the least, the first few games of the season. That's been their Achilles heel up to the last two games. Their defense seems to be playing very well. Their run defense have stood up pretty doggone good. So for the Raiders to win this game, I'm going to tell you, we're going to have to pass the football. The Eagles use a 3-4-D, and they're pretty doggone good at it. But they're a team in transition. Looks to me like Nick Foles has been called as the quarterback. He has six TDs this year with zero interceptions. He's a big, strong, tall quarterback. However, he's still a rookie pretty much. They like to use that hurry-up offense uh, like the Jags did against us, like Denver and the Chiefs. I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think LaShawn McCoy is going to be more of a problem because he's really good as a, as a receiver in the flat. So that's what we're going to have to look for. But I also see possibilities of interceptions on this young quarterback for sure. 
You know, every time we play the Eagles, it reminds me of Ron Jaworski's, why we lost the Super Bowl. I love rubbing that in his face. He always gives the Raiders crap on his NFL uh, bullshit podium. Uh, and I'm, I'm sick and tired of hearing his bullshit. I know he's looking forward to this game. I know every time the Eagles play the Raiders, which isn't very often, that he loves to see the Eagles beat the Raiders. Well, lately it hasn't been very good for Jaws. Their defense has allowed only 18.3 points per game in the last two contests, and the opposing defensive has kept McCoy to a 3.2 yard per carry in the last two games. So, you know, we've, we've got a good defense. We're going to need to use it. And as far as our offense goes, we're going to have to pass the damn football. Yes, we will be able to run, but this is one of those games, man. I'm, I'm afraid for Terrell Pryor. These defensive linemen are vicious. They're brutal. And they're going to come after him like every other team. I think maybe a little bit more. They used to practicing against Michael Vick, who was a pistol offense guy. So they're used to those kind of schemes. But you know what, man? I'm feeling it for the Raiders this week. This is a winnable game, which I hate to even say, because every time I say it, I end up choking on it. The Raiders can win this game if our offense can keep the defensive line off our quarterback. That is going to be a huge order and Terrell Pryor is going to have to use those wheels of his to get free and pass the doggone football. I think for us, a quick pass, the quick slants, something like that will work best than the long balls, 15, 20-yard passes down the field. Now, I know this is a brutal game for us. We're looking to get to 500. We're looking to get some momentum. But it's one game at a time here, folks. That's the way we have to play it because, well, where we are. I truly believe that these are two very well-matched teams. I think that the Eagles have a deficit with this young quarterback, and I think our defense could certainly confuse him. I think their defense can come after Pryor. I mean, this is going to be a tough contest, no doubt about it. These teams are very well-matched. And I see that the home team advantage could be the tipping point in this game. Also, our offense has to show some consistency. We cannot allow our defense to be on the field all day, even though they're playing well enough to be there all day. We must get some first downs in the third and the fourth quarter. We're going to have to come back in the fourth quarter this season sometime to win a game. We're going to have to move the ball. Greg Olson is going to have to take the reins off these receivers and have a little faith, and hopefully they'll step up the occasion. Because once again, this week I will say the same mantra. I am freaking sick and tired of seeing balls hit the ground after hitting receivers' hands. It is unbelievable the type of plays that we are losing due to fingers being fumbled around when the ball hits these receivers. That's what they get paid for. That's the big money. Other than more, we're having a lot of drop passes. I'm hoping that this week's practice will improve our receiving core. We have to get McFadden in the flat 
We have to get him out there so he can get some receptions. Marcel Reese, this guy needs to be showing up at this game. Not that he doesn't play well, but Greg Olson doesn't use him well. I'm pissed about that, and I have been for the last three games. We need Marcel Reese in the mix in order to make this happen, folks. Special teams, I think we've got it on the Eagles. I think we can make something happen with our special teams play and get some possible turnovers. I think this young quarterback, we intercept him a few times, once or twice. We've been pretty consistent about that of late. I think we could rattle him. I think we could send him down. We could even see the young protege from USC, Matt Barkley, thrown into the mix if Foles kind of folds up, which is something I'm hoping that happens. This is not going to be an easy contest, and everyone who says it, well, that's some bullshit. This is an NFL team starving for a win, looking for some wins to get division lead, and let me tell you, they're going to play their ass off. We've done well against the Eagles in the past at home. I look for the same thing here in Oakland on Sunday. Let's go, Raiders. Greg Olson, pull your head out of your ass. Trust your wide receivers. Let's get some of those guys the ball. And those receivers better catch the ball. They're going to be looking for a new job next year. I'm liking this matchup. And that is all I have to say about that. I loved your line about Terrell Pryor. He looks like Julius Peppers. You ever see a quarterback this big, this strong, this fast, Jeff? You know, Greg, when Mike Tirico and I did the Rose Bowl, Ohio State against Oregon, and I went down on the field to see Chip Kelly, and I saw Pryor, and I swear it looked like Julius Peppers. I didn't realize he was that big. And when he's that fast and that big, you can see why he's having some success. Tell me about the time you spent with him, the six-hour film session I know, and you, 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 your boys were out with him at, at USF, and you took him to the Gruden quarterback camp. How much time did you spell, spend with Terrell to get him ready for the supplemental draft? I had nothing to do, really, with that. I spent a lot of time with him at Ohio State. Jim Tressel's a good friend of mine. Spent a few days with him there, just talking to him. And then at Tampa for the QB camp. But what you did realize is, forget the size and the speed. Deep down, underneath all of it, is a guy with a great ambition to be great. And he also realizes he needs help. He's a raw, unfinished product, prospect, and he was looking for help, and I, I admired that. I remember talking to you two or three years ago when you were just getting into TV and you were talking about the spread game in college, how it fascinated you, you were studying it. Now that it's everywhere, and the read option and Terrell, can, can you win with this kind of quarterback in the NFL? I mean, really win, win the whole thing. I don't know that you can win the whole thing because the Super Bowl is played at the end of the season. And I think the hits, the contact, takes its toll on these quarterbacks. I don't know that Terrell Pryor can carry the ball 11 times a game and be a factor throwing the ball in pro football because the Super Bowl doesn't happen until your 19th or 20th game. 
So that's my biggest concern. I think defenses are catching up with it a little bit. You can see Griffin's 0-3. Kaepernick has struggled the last couple weeks. He's got a lot to prove yet. Greg Olson, look at what he's done since he's been the Raiders OC. They, they, they give him the job, and Carson Palmer's the quarterback. Then they trade Carson Palmer, and they go to Matt Flynn. And then Matt Flynn struggles, and now he goes to Terrell Pryor. I mean, three distinctly different offenses for three distinctly different quarterbacks. Unbelievable. And when you think about Valdir at left tackle, Alex Barron's a left tackle. Now let's put Manelik Watson at left tackle. Let's move Khalif Barnes, our right tackle, to left tackle and bring in Tony Pashos, who we never met. You're on your third left guard. Unbelievable job. Keeping it competitive, taking what every offensive player can do and giving him a piece of the pie. There's something for Jacoby Ford. There's something for McFadden. There's something for Jennings. I admire him for that. You're the one who hired him. Tell me about going back to when you were in Tampa. You brought him in as the quarterback coach, and eventually he was your, he was your OC. He comes from a background that I'm familiar with, came from the West Coast background. My only concern with Olsen, and I told him this, I said, you just wherever you go, the head coach seems to get fired. Mariucci got fired. Dick Duran got fired. Linehan got fired. Sure enough, I got fired. That's the only downside with Olsen. I call him bad luck Schlepprock. Now, what was the reason you got fired? I'm trying to remember that last game you coached. Yeah, the, Jamarcus Russell <laughs> took it to me. We had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, and you and Jamarcus Russell oh, took it to, to me and ended my career. Michael Bush. The greatest day of my life was winning the Super Bowl against the Raiders, and the worst day ever. Look at me now. And you wear the jewelry. You don't, you don't have a I ring wore that from just the wall. For you. It's just for yeah. me. Thank you. Dennis Allen, obviously a young guy learning his way in this league. What, what have you noticed about what he's done with this team? I tried to hire Dennis when he was with the Falcons, and Rich McKay wouldn't let him out of his contract, so my friend Sean Payton got him. But what he is is an aggressive coach who likes to surround himself with an aggressive group of players, and his scheme is aggressive. And you can see some of the things they did in New Orleans on film now. If they can stop the run and get you in a predictable passing situation, his pressure package is as good as anyone's. He's got some young guys on that side of the ball, but he's got some veterans, and he's got a guy playing that deep middle now, number 24. How about that? You were, you were there. That was your first year when Al drafted Charles Woodson. Talk about the evolution of number 24, Jim. Amazing. You know, when I was with the Raiders, he was a cornerback exclusively, and I can remember him playing really well, but practice was a different story. Sometimes after practice, Woodson would get in the car with Charlie Garner and Andre Rice, and I said, oh, no, there he goes. And I had to call Charles in, and I say, look, if you practice better, I'll play you on offense. And sure enough, we put in Fremont personnel, and we started throwing Woodson passes. And I used that as a bribe to get him to practice better. But over the course of the years, he's really matured as a man. He's become one of the all-time greats. And to see him come back to the black hole and finish, I got tears in my eyes when they announced him last week. It was just um, emotional for him, I know, and it was emotional for his old coach. Fremont personnel, and I haven't heard that since 1998, yeah. the little 19-yarder against the Chargers. That's right. Remember we call that? Fremont. I'm from Fremont, Ohio. I was born there, and that's where Charles comes from. So whenever I call Fremont personnel, we had a little package for Charles Woodson, and no matter what we called, he made it work. So you were worried when he got in the car with Garner. <laughs> I'd still be worried. <laughs> How about when he got in the car with Seabass? You're, you're, yeah, I'd really worry about, about that. that a little bit. Well, Janikowski's still going strong. And yeah. uh, be interesting to see how he performs over the length of this season without Leckler. 13 years, you have the same holder. That battery was magnificent. And, um, you know, Sebastian, Charles Woodson, arguably two of the greats to play their position in NFL history. 
Seabass, when he was young, he was wild. He had the powerful leg. But wild. Look at wild. Yeah. Give me a good Seabass story, Jim. Janikowski. So he struggled missing kicks early in his career. Remember the overtime game against the 49ers? We, Tim Brown had to catch a pass to win the game. Um, but he struggled making kicks. And then he struggled making it to curfew. <laughs> then came New Orleans. So we flew in on a Friday. I didn't see Sebastian until Sunday morning at the stadium. So I was obviously very upset with him. He had missed some kicks. Now he's missing curfew. Now he's not even showing up at the hotel. So on the opening possession, we're going to kick a 49-yard field goal. And I wanted him to miss it just so I could yell at him and wring his neck. And he drilled it. And I'll be the first to tell you I gave him a big hug. You know, uh, he was up and down, up and down, but he's gotten it together. His personal life is where it needs to be. And, Man, is he fun to watch kick. Go back to that draft in 2000. They got Seabass and Leckler in the same draft. But they used a first-rounder on Sebastian. If I recall, you wanted a certain Kansas City wide receiver there. I wanted Sylvester Morris. I also wanted Sean Alexander because Napoleon Kaufman, as you know, was considering retiring. And I got wind of that, and I was really concerned. My old boss, Mike Holmgren, was with the Seahawks when they were in the AFC West. So I kind of wanted Alexander or Sylvester Morris, and we had Joe Nedney, who was a pretty good kicker. And we got Janikowski, and thank God for Raider fans, they listened to Al Davis and not me. you got to say Al was right on that one. I'll say he was right. Put the two of them together. Yeah. Uh, tell me about November the 18th of 2012. When you go back to the uh, O.co, you got your black visor on, and you light that torch for Al Davis. That was a, a, just a really unbelievable day for me. You know, not, not just going back to the Oakland Raider facility in a stadium and seeing some old friends, but just rehashing the, the global tradition of the Raiders. And, and that torch and what it signifies, uh, it meant a lot to me. And to share some time with the fans. Those fans at Oakland, they're, they're unlike any others. And um, I get emotional thinking about it. You and Al clashed, obviously, uh, but you had some great times together. The day that he passed away, and we're coming up on the second year anniversary of it, what was your thoughts when you heard that, that Al was no longer with us? As, um, you know, it was terrible. We, we, we clashed, but we also clicked. And, you know, we won a lot of games here, and I got a lot better, and I was afforded a lot of opportunities because of him. Um, so, obviously, it's a great loss for me, great loss for the Raiders, and a big loss for football. But um, the Raiders with Mark Davis, uh, they're carrying on. I think they have a an image of what this franchise is all about, what they want it to become. And uh, as they always say in the Davis family, the greatness of the Raiders is in the future. Yeah, d- did you and Al have any contact after you were gone? And was there ever a discussion about you coming back? I wouldn't say we had any contact uh, uh, like that, no. Uh, we would see each other at the owners' meetings, um, but no, uh-uh. Are you going to coach again? That's all I get asked. Is Gruden going to coach again? You know, you I coach? just turned 50 years old. I feel like I am coaching really in the current job that I have. I get an opportunity to study a lot of film, be around the players, see the facilities, watch them practice. Uh, I do get the itch a lot. I miss it tremendously. There are some things, though, Greg, I don't miss at all. You know, there, there are a lot of things I don't understand, like what a CBA is exactly, what <laughs> an illegal hit is. I don't know if Tatum and Atkinson could survive in today's game, uh, but I do have an ambition to coach someday but I do appreciate where I am and the job I have now, and I want to try to get better at it. When you say someday, does that mean after your last kid is 
in college or 10 years? What, oh, what, do you have anything in your mind about when you want to come back? I don't think you can plan for it. I, I never planned on being a head coach. I never planned on being a coordinator. I never planned on being on Monday Night Football. You know, sometimes opportunities come in the middle of the night. I never thought I'd get traded from the Raiders either. I never thought I'd get fired from Tampa. You know, life is a funny thing. So I'm just going to try to prepare myself the best I can to be a good dad and be right for when the Lord calls my name. Uh, and and if, if another opportunity comes, I'll be ready. What was that day like when you were traded? That was strange. Yeah, it was, it was shocking, really. Um, a lot went into that that people really don't know, and it's not worth rehashing. But um, I was on the last year of my contract. Um, I got a call in the middle of the night from Al Davis, and compensation evidently had been reached. That's the conversation I had. I didn't realize what the compensation was because the head coaching job at Tampa Bay wasn't as good when I realized we couldn't have a draft pick for a couple <laughs> years. But um, I come from Tampa. My dad coached with the Buccaneers. My parents live in Tampa. So that was an opportunity to come close to home. But, um, you know, it was an emotional time. Difficult. Two ones, two twos at $8 million. Yeah, and that's uh, four pretty good players and maybe a few free agents we could have kept. Uh, and what I did discover is, you know, players are, are very, very important and draft choices are very, very important. And that was a very tough obstacle to overcome. You wear that ring that you wore, wore in Tampa, but you're still a Raider, aren't you? I mean, your first, yeah. first job, first head coaching job in the NFL yeah. is with the Raiders. You're always going to be a Raider, aren't you? I grew up with the Raiders. You know, as a, even though my dad didn't coach for the Raiders, I grew up a Raider fan. Um, and yes, absolutely. You know, I consider myself a Raider. You should see my house. I got a nice little room where uh, you would think I'm still with the Raiders. A Raider room? A Raider Kind of like Ricky's in <laughs> yeah. Florida? And Ricky What's in and there? Tina. You know, What's you know, in there? I got a lot of old memorabilia. When I first got the head coaching job, you know, I got a dinner set up with the legends. So I go out, to, I can't remember the name of the restaurant, but I'm there and Jack Tatum, George Atkinson. There's Clarence Davis, Ben Davidson, Daryl LaMonica, Marv Hubbard, Jim Plunkett walks in. And I'm Fred Belitnikoff, Willie Brown around my staff. And I said, no wonder Madden won a lot of games with these guys. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I got chills on the sideline. I really got, you know, I got excited uh, being down there on the field with those guys. I got stronger. I got more confident being around them. And, um, you know, I, I enjoyed working for Al Davis. I, I, I like the mystique of the Raiders. And I like being a part of it. Thank you, man. You got it, man. Good to see you, Greg. That's great. You're the best, brother. Bad of the bone. All right, Raider Nation, it's time for the bone line. 1-800-620-7181. 1-800-620-7181. Get on the bone line. Get on it, man, because you guys are doing a great job. I freaking love this part of the show, as I know you do, too. So let's see who's up first. And our first caller is very appropriate. This is Raider Steve from the Berg, Pittsburgh, that is. What's up, Steve? What's going on, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation? This is Raider Steve calling from the Berg. That's right, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I'm just calling to say this game against the Steelers is coming up. I'm so pumped. I've been waiting on this game all year, being that I live in the bird. And I believe the Raiders got a real good chance of beating the Steelers. 
The Steelers, are, I know they, they've won two in a row, but they barely won those games. It wasn't convincing. They're not scoring a lot of points. This is the perfect team for us to play. I think Terrell Pryor is going to be having his coming out party this game. He's playing against his hometown team. Being from He's from Jeanette. But uh, the way our defense is playing right now, like their offensive lines in shambles just like ours. I'm glad that uh, Wiggs is back this week, though, so he can help Terrell with some of those line protections. Because I do believe the Steelers are going to blitz the hell out Terrell. And I just hope Terrell is able to step up to the plate and make him pay for them blitzes. And I also hope if, uh, McFadden can give us something out there, man. He did last year against the Steelers. He, he had his best game of the year last year against the Steelers. He broke like a long 64-yarder against them for a touchdown. But I'm, I'm pumped. This is my Super Bowl right here. Raiders better not let me down. I don't want these Steelers fans talking shit to me all year. Raiders got to pull this one out. All right. This Once again, this is Raider Steve from the Bird. All right, Raider Nation, I'm out. Well, Raider Steve, all you got to do is just wear your Raider gear, and that is all you need to say. I love it. Thanks for the call, brother. And next, my very good brother, Mr. Positive Raider Jaime from Bakersfield. What is going on, brother? Raider Nation, what's up? Raider Jaime, going on Bakersfield. I'm just calling in, happy. We won. It's great. It's great to be a Raider today. I knew it, man. I'm feeling good, Raider Greg. We got Philly. We got the Jets. We got, man, we, we can win these games, Raider Greg. The fucking defense looking great. You know, our, we got some more offense back. Thank God. Two weeks ago, it was a disaster, man. Fanning touchdowns, fucking Briar, man. What the fuck? The defense was off the shiznick, man. It's stepping up. We might be getting uh, Jared Valdez back. Dude, Miles might be coming back. Dude, it's, it's looking great, man. First fucking half of the season looked fucked up, but you know what? It's turning around here for us, man. I'm really fucking stoked, man. I'm just a little pumped up right here, but I'm happy. Hey, man, and you know what? You guys got to get off fucking McKenzie and Dennis Allen's nuts, man. Give these guys a chance. These guys have fucking been doing a good job, with, especially with what they have to deal with. Come on, you guys. These guys come a long fucking way. Man, I, just, I, don't, I don't get it, man. I, I don't understand how, how some people know what's going on behind the fucking curtains, especially when we're out here and there and there. Well, I don't know, how the fuck do we know what's going on in the locker room? Ain't nobody can fucking tell you that. These guys are fucking busting their ass off to give us a good product, man. And what, what they had to deal with, dude, just fucking give them some breathing room, man. Talk your shit till the end of the fucking season, man. Let them fucking play this shit out first, and then we'll fucking then we'll put the chips on the fucking table and see what's up. But right now, man, let them play football, man. We got a whole bunch of injuries to deal with. It, it ain't fucking good fucking being a quarterback when you got a fucking beat up line and having a fucking right tackle play center, man. Come on, catch a break, man. Everybody else, I'm fucking proud, man. Proud of you guys. You guys are all staying positive, staying true. Gotta believe, man. We'll do it, baby. We'll do it. We'll shock the fucking world. I'm fucking stoked, man. Dragon. These next seven games are gonna be fucking awesome. Man, I can feel it. But anyways, man, you guys stay positive, stay true, stay proud. I'm out.
Very wise words from my brother from Bakersfield. Yeah, man, we got to stay off the nutsack of both these guys. I mean, I'm one to tell you right now, I've been pissed. But, hey, who thought we would be here at this time of the year? Not me. What about you? Great call, brother. Thank you. And next we have Autumn Wim Williams from Town calling in post-game. You know it was good. How good? He's going to tell you. Raiders. What's going on? This is Autumn Wim Williams calling from Oakland, California. Just leaving a game, man. I got to say, though, uh, the defense, man, they hella played cool. You know, we had some little downfalls, but I ain't even tripping on that. They got that shit in. They won. That's all that matters. We got that W on the board. Man, I enjoyed myself. The Raider fans, awesome. All weekend, went to the Raider Nation fans convention at Jack London Square. Kimbo's, everybody showed up. Man, it was lovely. Even the Steelers fans at the tailgate party and the game today. Man, everything was just nice. But Raider Nation, baby, till I die, I'm out. That's for sure, man. There were Steeler fans everywhere, but it was cool. It was very cool. The coolest part is seeing them towels packed away in their ass. And next we have Erie Rada. A good call, man. Let's hear it. Raider Greg and Raider Randy, this is Erie Raider for his annual phone call when the Raiders play the Pittsburgh Squealers. I am two hours north of Pittsburgh, clearly in hostile territory, and I love it when the Raiders beat the freaking Steelers because I don't have to listen to theirs. Bandwagon fans just go on and on and on when they win because all of a sudden I won't see any Pittsburgh Steeler Shirts, I won't hear them talking crap. I just love it. So this is my annual call saying I love it when the Raiders beat the Squealers. And on that note, can we have two offensive coordinators, one for the first half and one for the second half? I don't know what the hell was going on here. But this defense is legit. I love this. I love this. And I also love this podcast. Thank you guys for putting on the work you do. I love all the effort you put into this. And I know it's a lot, and I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. And go Raiders. Well, we thank you for the props, brother. And, uh, well, it always is nice just to just to slap on a jersey or anything silver and black. You don't have to say more than that. Just shake your finger. No, 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 no. I love it. And next, a very cool dude, my very, very good friend, Raider Chris from Scranton, PA, and you know what that means. What's up, man? Raider Nation, Raider Greg, Raider Randy. This is Raider Chris Collin from Scranton, Pennsylvania, surrounded by all these Schittsburg and Philly fans. And let me tell you something. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't perfect. But God damn it, I will take that win. That defense, I don't know who to give the, the game ball to. I don't know whether to give it to Lamar. Houston, we have a problem. Tracy Porter, Jenkins. I mean, the whole defense 
played almost damn near perfect. I got to give it to them. You know, they didn't get much rest during time off the field, and they still did their damn thing. As far as the offense, we looked pretty damn good in the first half. I, I We looked like we were going to blow them away. Second half comes, we get one first down the whole half. One, and we beat the Steelers. I'm going to take that win. I will definitely take that win. I don't like this Greg Olson as our offensive coordinator. I think he plays it way too damn safe in the second half of games. We're hardly throwing this ball at all. Uh, we got to get Marcel Reese involved more. He's our best offensive player, I think. That's my opinion, and he's nowhere to be found. But definitely, definitely a great, great win, especially living in Pennsylvania. Just unbelievable. Getting ready for Philly. No reason why we can't beat that bum-ass team. None. I think we're going to take it to them, too. But definitely a good win, solid win, sloppy win. Far from perfect, but I'm definitely happy. That's all I need to say. Raider Nation, shout out to Pennsylvania Raider. He's sick today. Get well soon, my brother, you and your beautiful daughter. And I'll be talking to everybody soon. I'm out like that fat girl in dodgeball. You have got to love being in hostile territory when the Raiders Bring it down. I love it. I love hearing from you guys. Uh, Yeah, ugly game in the second half. But, man, we pulled out the W. What more can I say? And next we have Raider 1375. (laughs) I got to love that handle, man. What's up? Raider Greg, what's going on? This is Sir King 75. That's Sir with a capital S. And I just want to say something, man. We got to win. We got to win. But check what? Check check this out, Greg. I'm not happy. The reason why is because we barely won. How do you give up a 21-point lead? We had these guys, 21 to 3. Dennis Allen with his conservative play calling. I, I mean, he's worse than uh, Kubiak with this. This is ridiculous. You know, we we dominated, uh, you know, the whole first half. Same thing. Same thing like Washington. You know, it's like game in, game out, we got the same signs, the same thing over and over and over again. And I'm happy for the win, no doubt. No doubt, man. I'm, I'm, I couldn't be the happy. I, it's going to be a more happier person than, than you know, than me uh, for the victory. I'm very happy for that. But, again, we won on our butts, you know. We won straight on our asses and we barely squeaked by. This second half is an issue, and it's not a defensive issue. Hats off to Justin Tarver, man. Uh, you know, Tarver is, is a – this guy, man, he, he's, 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 a, he's a maniac on defense. I wish that Allen had Tarver's tenacity and Tarver's, you know, instinct to kill because Dennis is too conservative. He's going to get us killed, man. He's going to get us laughed at. Because it's, it's how do you shut down? Okay, so you shut down. You got a chance to to allow uh, Prior to extend the play. Uh, he's proven that he can do it in the pocket. He had a couple of slip ups, you know, but not not that many. He's doing pretty good for a rookie QB thrown in that position. So, uh, you know, he didn't. We we could have had a chance to extend the play and 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 maybe put up another score. But Dennis Allen again, he wants to try to play scary. 
you don't want to do that to the other team. They see you. If you play scary, the other team senses the fear. And a, and a, and a coach like Tomlin, he better be glad it went our way in our favor because it could have went the other way, and we really would have been a laughing stock. So I just really want Dennis Allen to clean that up, man, because to, to me right now his coaching sucks, and, that, and that's really bad. And I really hate to say that uh, because he is a part of the Raider organization, but it's, it's not looking too promising with him, man. But uh, I guess that's pretty much what I want to say. I, 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 I commend Terrell for that long run. That was outstanding. Uh, Dermy Fadden had a big game. They should have used Marcel Reese more. I thought they were. They were talking about it. I didn't see any implementation of that. Jacoby Ford, uh, I think that happened. His, his underproduction happened because they don't use him enough, you know. And uh, all the rest of the guys, you know, pretty much. I didn't see D. Moore too much, but he had a nice little catch, and Streeter looked nice. We need to start using our weapons more. That's what I see. I see an underutilization of our weapons. Uh, and and then a weakness on the coaching. But other than that, I, I guess we, we, we pretty much, hey, we got the W, so I'm happy with that. So, man, know I'm out. Sir King, 75, signing out. Talk to him, Raider Greg. Let him know. Let him know. All right. Yeah, I think we're all a little bummed about the conservative play with the lead. We've done that a couple times so far this season, and I'm not happy with it, but I understand they're not confident in our wide receivers, and we're using our tight ends as blockers. So, we, you know, that's what we have this season. So hopefully we can change that around as the team gets better and gets more familiar with the offense. So it could get better. we got to look and see. we got the Eagles coming up. We might see a different game. Thanks for the call, brother. And next, my very good brother from Houston, the season ticket holder, Houston Raider Steve. Had a great time. Saw him there. It was great to see you, my brother. What is up? Hello, Raider Nation. This is Houston Raider Steve. Boy, I had a great time this last weekend, the Steeler weekend. It was great seeing Greg and Randy and Charmaine and Oscar and Kingsford and everybody and, and Ron. Boy, it was a special treat. I never met Ron before, so it was, it was pretty awesome. But, of course, it was always awesome to see, you know, Randy and Greg and everybody from the podcast. I tell you what, it was an awesome. Went out to Ricky Saturday night. Randy and I were out there, and we ran into Mike and Juan Bandito and all the other super fans, Rilla Rilla, uh, Oaktown Pirate, and all the other people. It was great to meet them and everything. It was awesome. Then we won the game, Terrell Pryor, that 93-yard run. That was off the hook. I was jumping and up and down like everybody else was. Had a good seat on the 40. Greg was just over in one section, everything, wearing his hat. It's an honor and a tribute to know Greg as a fireman and a you know, great friend, just like Randy and everybody and Charmaine. Then after the game, uh, Randy and I went out to uh, the Hilton, and we met a lot of the great fans. Boy, you should have seen all the fans that showed up over there at the Hilton, at the bar, the old Raiders Hotel, back you know, before uh, Coach Allen became coach. That was the Raiders' place. Allen, unfortunately, passed away there. But anyway, then, you know, Randy goes, hey, Steve, remember you said that your favorite Raider was Tom Flores? Look, he's over there eating by himself. He was really about 10 feet away. So, you know, we wanted to give him space so he can, you know, enjoy his meal. So anyway, after that, I walked up to him after he got done. You know, I didn't want to bother him. I walked up to him and I said, you know what, Coach? I sure remember when I was a kid, you sent me an autographed picture that I requested. So I got it framed. I said, nothing made me more proud. As for you 
being the first Hispanic coach to win the Super Bowl and also as a Raider. I said, we definitely need to get you in the Hall of Fame. Boy, when you think of great Raiders, Thomas Wright, number one, he and Coach Madden, and all the great players. Got Greg Townsend, 107 sacks. Got Cliff Branch. He and I were talking old school. Greg, Greg and I were. Greg Townsend. He was telling me about the game in 84, he and Howie Long, and he says that the most unheralded person in Alzado was Bill Pacquiao, how he made plays. Aren't, you know, legs as big as, you know, Earl Campbell's practically, you know, and they just made plays. He said, we were playing against Moreno down in Miami in 84, that 38-24 to game that the Raiders won. He said by halftime, his defensive coach told them, for the Raiders, hey, you know what? Moreno's had 35 passes already, and it's just halftime. He says, you, you know, you better call your parents because you might have to put them into the game. He says, man, he says, I said, that was one of the greatest games between the Raiders and the Dolphins. Matter of fact, there was a time when Moreno was going to be a free agent, and you you know that Al Davis wanted him really bad to be his his quarterback, but it just didn't happen. But I tell you what, that game was like the '70s games. He told this dealer van was kind of brazzing him a little bit. He, you know, I've got one of their rings, and this is the ring that makes me happy because we beat the uh, Steelers go to the Super Bowl. He said, whoever won that game the three-year stretch was, you know, won the Super Bowl. He says, Pittsburgh's got two of my rings, but I've got one of their rings. He said, I remember going up against Mel Blunt, Donnie Shell, and all the other great team players. It was just, a, you know, it was a battle. 60 minutes of pure football. Man, I remember watching that on TV. And uh, my very first Raider game was the 69 hockey game. I was just a kid. Caldi Rogatis, Kirk Gowdy, called the game, and I said, man, I can't believe this. Children's game be interrupted. I mean, a children's game. Raiders game being interrupted by the Heidi movie, the little girl up on the mountain with the goat. I said, man, I'm just a kid, man. What's going on? Man, I've been a Raider fan ever since then. I know we all have our stories about where we were at. Marcus Allen run in the Super Bowl. I remember Keith said something about that. And just how we all became fans. You want to tell people? We're family. Wherever you go, you see people wearing the silver and black, and it's a family. We're all there for each other. There's no other words to describe it. It's, it's pretty awesome. And it's also pretty awesome that I know Greg and Randy and Charmaine and everybody, Oscar, Keith, Mike, Juan Bandito, and all you other great Raider fans, because that's what it is. We're family. I love you, my brothers and sisters, and I look forward to meeting every one of you and reuniting our friendships, because we are truly the best. We are Raider Nation. There is no other nation but Raider Nation. And I hope to see you soon. Go Raiders! We're back, baby! Now there is some history. If you pay close attention to Raider Steve, the guy is a historian of Raider football. The fact that he saw Tom Flores, got the chance to talk to him. I'm sure Flores was blown away by the knowledge of Houston Raider Steve. Thanks for the call, man, and thanks for the friendship, brother. You know, one nation. And next, my good friend from Sin City. That's right, Raider Steve. What's up, man? Hey, Raider Greg, it's Raider Steven Vegas. Um, calling after the uh, Raiders win over the Schittsburg Squealers yesterday. Uh, that was an awesome game, man. Um, just a couple things. Uh, you know, I listened to last week's podcast. Everyone's bashing Dennis Allen, but this is the best the Raiders have been since the first six weeks when Hugh Jackson was our coach before Campbell went down. And they're playing really good football, and they've only got like $60 million to work with. 
So the Raiders, they're playing, they've got less to work with, and they're doing more than probably any other team in the NFL. I think our defense is ranked like 13th or something like that. I mean, they're doing it all with smoke and mirrors, man. And this team loves Dennis Allen, and they're playing hard for him. Uh, so I don't understand why everybody's bashing on him. Uh, and another thing, look at, look at the, the penalties, man. I've never watched a Raider game where it's like, like, you know what, they just don't get penalties anymore. And when they were shocked, you know, that, that used to be like, you know, every other fucking play. So, I mean, clearly, whatever Dennis Allen is doing, it's working. You know what I mean? Like, the, we're three and four now. Uh, they, they're definitely, you know what I mean? They're on the up and up. Just wait till they have money to spend next year and they can fix the damn O-line. And that's my other problem. The Raiders get up 21-3, and then Greg Olson, and I, I'm assuming it's Greg Olson, he turns into the most conservative play caller in the NFL. That's bullshit, man. I am tired of seeing McFadden go up the gut and get stuffed. And I don't blame McFadden for it because the O-line sucks, but Jesus, man, get the guy on the corners. Get him on the outside. He's faster than everybody else, man. They're wasting McFadden. They're not using him right. And uh, I don't understand why they went so conservative after having that lead. I mean, the Raiders should have blown them out. It should have been like 35 to 10. Instead, they played, you know, slow ball and let's wind down the clock. And that was, you know, barely enough to hold on to that game. I blame Greg Olson for that. He did that. And I don't understand why he does that when we get a lead, you know. Let Pryor swing it a little bit more, man. I, you know what? I'm happy with the win. I'm not going to complain, but they need to take the reins off a little bit on the offense, even when they have a big lead. Anyway, I like what Dennis Allen's doing. I like Pryor. I think we're going to kick the shit out of the Eagles this week. Go Raiders. Well, I don't know where the conservative play call asshole lies, but uh, wherever it lies, it's got to get the hell out of town. I can't blame him, though, because we don't have any receivers holding on to the goddamn football. So until we get some receivers that can catch, then I think we're going to continue to play just like this. Uh, as long as we get the W, though, you know. Thanks for the call, brother. And next we have Uptown Raider from Uplands, California. What is going on, my brother? <laughs> What's up, Raider Greg, Raider Randy, Raider Nation? This is Uptown Raider Chris from Upland, California. First time caller. So happy about the win versus the Steelers. I think Pryor played great. Defense played great. The special teams played good. Blocked the punt. Slowed up in the second half, but it's okay. Still played sharp. McFadden stepped up a little bit. Even Coach Allen showed a little emotion when uh, when that other when that guy missed those couple of field goals. So. I think we're headed in the right direction. Big, big things for next year. And uh, hopefully we keep this up. Get in a little winning streak. Uptown Raider Chris, out. Very well said, brother. Uptown Raider Chris, we got things to look forward to. We got some cap room. Now we just need to see some magic players showing up here in Oakland. It could be epic like back in the day. And next we have Raider Sid. From the IE in the desert, that's right. Raider Nation, Raider Nation, Raider Nation. How about that? A motherfucking win. This is Desert Raider, a.k.a. Raider Sid from deep in the IE. Fucking nice win. 
Nice win. Fuck. That was a team win. You know, even though half the team fell asleep for half the game, the other half picked it up. So I'm I'm proud of that win. I hate the fucking Steelers. Hate the Steelers, hate the fucking fans, all that bullshit. Terrell Pryor, man, a fucking ninety three yard run. Longest run by a quarterback in NFL history. Fuck yes. That was badass. And how many times does a fucking player score a touchdown on the first play of scrimmage? He's done that in two fucking games now. He kicks ass. He just got to grow. And you know what, NFL channel? Fuck you. You had to play the replays of that play, didn't you? Son of a bitches. You fucking hated you. You hated it. Putting the fucking Raiders on. Fuck that. The only concern I have is this fucking second half meltdown that we have on offense. What the fuck, man? We just go to sleep every fucking game. You know? Luckily, it only cost us the fucking uh, Washington game. But these other games, we could have fucking lost these. We could have fucked them up easy. Thank God our defense was fucking there. All right, man. Tarver, you're fucking doing it. We're going to coach these fuckers up. Offense has got to catch up. That's all there is to it. you got to fucking learn to adjust to their adjustments. Do fucking something. Can't be fucking going the second half with 50 yards of offense. That's bullshit. Especially after you kick their ass for the first two quarters. Right on, Raider Nation. Raider Randy, Raider Greg. This is fucking kick-ass podcast. And uh, let's go get those motherfuckers next week, all right? I don't even know who the fuck we're playing. I'm still so fucking excited about kicking fucking Steelers asses. Yes, fucking Raiders, man. All right, this is Desert Raider. I'm out of here. Peace out. I agree, man. We can't be sitting on no lead. We got to continue to go and put our foot on their throat and end it just like that. Demoralize these teams. I can't wait till we can do it. Thanks for the call and the props, for show. Well, Raider Nation, this is the end of this show. You know the Raiders are going places. It's great to see something that the mainstream media didn't think would happen. Foe show. Let us not forget my very good brother, Raider Mystic, who came out with a great video, Soul Raider. Check it out on YouTube, man. It is rocking. I love it. You got to check it out, man. If you're a Raider fan, you got to see it. So check it out. Well, we got the... Well, you got the green birds coming to town. They're going to be pissed. They're going to be bummed. Because you know what? If it flies, it dies, especially up in the black hole. Well, you guys be safe on Halloween, just like I said. I am Raider Craig, and I am out.